Welcome to Thriller Premium. Welcome to Thriller Premium. Research, reporting, industry analysis, information, and tokenomics. Welcome to Thriller Insights. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls from around the world, gather around. It's time for another exciting episode of Thriller Insights. Today is March 10th, 2021. We are talking two trillion reasons to buy Bitcoin. That's right. Um, If you haven't heard, the two trillion stimulus package was passed. Yeah, it was passed 220 to 211 and uh, is set to be approved and signed on Friday by the president. Yeah, it's a total of uh, 1.9, but we went ahead and rounded it off to 2 trillion because it's snappier. (laughs) But yeah, it's going to hit Biden's desk on Friday. He's going to sign it, and then everybody's going to get $1,400 stimulus payments here in the United States and uh, 300 weekly federal jobless aid through early September, according to Forbes. Uh, This is going to be funding for vaccine distribution, testing, expansion on all sorts of uh, stimulus and state and local government pots of money. As you know, this is the sixth major coronavirus relief bill that Congress has authorized in a year, bringing the total sum of emergency spending to, that's right, five trillion, five trillion dollars. Yeah, a lot of people were sounding off on this because, um, This is a lot of money, and I don't think people are realizing, at least regular people outside of the industry, uh, aren't realizing what this really means. Um, Not only for inflation, but um, just what this means for the United States and and the dollar. We had Sue Chung, CEO of CF Benchmarks. She said, this is high inflationary backdrop will likely push many long-term investors, especially institutions like pension and insurance funds, due to their exposures to long-term rates to invest in assets that are not exposed to inflationary pressures such as Bitcoin. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. I think most people were expecting a Bitcoin rally, and and we saw that, right? But uh, take a listen, because I know this is really going to grind your gears. Take a listen as uh, Senator Pelosi... um, Uh, had this passed today. On this vote, the yeas are 220, the nays are 211. The motion is adopted. Action and motion. (laughs) Without objection, the motion to reconsider. It's like seeing an oncoming collision and watching it from afar and and the people who are in the in the in the front seat and are unable to see it right and um and you can't do anything to stop it uh, all you can do is just is just look from afar and yeah it's a it's a it's a real trying time this decade right and, and that's kind of what we we said right from from last year was this is going to be one of the worst decades in history. <laughs> if you go back and listen to that first episode from last year, I pretty much called it. Um, so what does this mean? Well, I think this means is a lot of things. I wish there was somebody like Godfrey Bloom, honestly, uh, because he said it best. He really did. He was one of the very first people that kind of spoke out against all of this kind of chicanery this this printing and this government spending and he was saying it um you know back in 2000 2011 you know take a listen
I'm a baby boomer. I was born just after the war. Uh, we've had probably, we've probably uh, had the longest period of peace and prosperity uh, globally. Uh, I would say uh, from that time. I've put a little bit of modest money away so I can hand something down to my family when I pass on, largely because I've never spent more money than I've earned, and I've been prudent, and I've worked moderately hard. Now, it always seems to me as a complete surprise to politicians how countries get in debt. Let me explain, because I don't think you really understand it. It's because politicians consistently spend more money than they raise in taxation, more money than they can possibly raise in taxation, most of which, in point of fact, they actually waste. The reason we're talking about countries which are broke, and they are broke, is because they're ridiculous, ineffective, ignorant politicians consistently spend more money than they can raise. And then they borrow, and they borrow, and worse, they then print money because politicians and their central banks have a machine which prints money. You do that as a private citizen, and it's a criminal offence. You would go to prison for doing that, and politicians and their central banks do it all the time. Let me explain to you that these countries are broke, and they're broke because of their own stupid leadership and politicians, and it's immoral, immoral to ask ordinary taxpayers of any country to pick up the tab for failed politicians and failed banks. They are defaulted, they're broke. For God's sake, let's all of us admit it. So the interesting thing is, if you if you ask Janet Yellen, she's not a fan of Bitcoin, right? And she said that. But she thinks it's actually a bigger risk to the economy if they don't do anything, right? And so their whole theory behind this is that the stimulus package will kickstart the American economy. This is, this is what they think will happen. They think that this $1,400 stimulus check will not only help families out there, but will also kickstart the economy. I don't know, man. I don't think $1,400 goes quite a long way <laughs> anymore. Call me crazy. Call me crazy. I just don't think $1,400 goes that far anymore. Uh, maybe pre-COVID, definitely not post-COVID. Uh, call me crazy. I just don't think $1,400 fiat goes that far anymore. What's what's that like? Uh, maybe like, uh, I don't know, maybe like eight trips to the grocery store for a family of four? Seriously. Um, I, I And then what is that? Like maybe like somebody's rent for maybe like one month, including utilities? If that, right? Um, that's if you don't live in a very heavily populated area. This is all before people actually find out that the money's not backed by anything, right? I mean, people are buying Bitcoin because they think the, the money is getting inflated, right? Like, that's the whole bull run this year. People are buying Bitcoin because they think the money's getting inflated. That's the bull run summary for 2021-2020. Attention all institutional investors, attention all corporations, buy Bitcoin because the money's being inflated. Not what is backing the currency itself. What is backing the US dollar? Absolutely nothing. 
is back in the U.S. dollar. Oh, you didn't know that? <laughs> you didn't know nothing was back in the U.S. dollar? Oh, yeah. Godfrey Bloom also talked about this in 2013. Take a listen. again I'm afraid to make the same old hoary speech that I've been making here for several years and that is it is my opinion that you do not really understand the concept of banking all the banks are broke uh, Bank Santander, Deutsche Bank, Royal Bank of Scotland they're all broke and why are they broke? It isn't an act of God it isn't some sort of tsunami they're broke because we have a system called fractional reserve banking which means that banks can lend money that they don't actually have it's a criminal scandal and it's been going on for too long to add to that problem you have moral hazard a very significant moral hazard from the political sphere and most of the problem starts in politics and central banks, which are part of the same political system. We have counterfeiting, sometimes called quantitative easing, but counterfeiting by any other name. The artificial printing of money, which if any ordinary person did, they'd go to prison for a very long time. And yet governments and central banks do it all the time. Central banks repress the amount of interest that rate, rates are, so we don't have the real cost of money. And yet we blame the real retail banks for manipulating LIBOR. The sheer effrontery of this is quite astonishing. It's central banks. It's central banks that manipulate interest rates, Commissioner. And plus, underneath all this, we talk loosely, in a rather cavalier fashion, do we not, about deposit guarantees. So when banks go broke through their own incompetence and chicanery, the taxpayer picks up the tab. It's theft from the taxpayer. And until we start sending bankers, and I include central bankers and politicians, to prison for this outrage, it will continue. to a lot of us that we got into Bitcoin for one reason, and that is to protect ourselves from the stupidity of the people that lead not only this country, but the rest of the world, right? Because this is a global podcast, and a lot of you are really smart, very smart people, and you understand all this. So I'm speaking to the choir. I really am. And it's, it's up to all of us to go out there and share this information. Right. We have to go and share this to our neighbors, to our friends, to anybody that will listen, because quite honestly, they're not going to see this coming. They're just not. Right. And, and I really do think this bull run is about this inflation that's happening around the world. And the next bull run in 2025, 2026 will be about the destabilization of the United States currency and how it affects the other currencies around the world. That'll be what drives Bitcoin to possibly a million dollars per coin or maybe even more. And then at that point, when we look to the 
2028-2029 bull run, that'll be when Bitcoin becomes the reserve currency of the world. I think it's that easy. I think that's how we get to Bitcoin becoming the reserve currency. And I know that sounds far-fetched and I know that sounds crazy, but I'm not the only one that thinks that in the space. There's a lot smarter, way smarter people who have thought long and hard about this, like Dan Held and Parker Lewis. So it's just a matter of seeing how this all happens, right? And if there's one thing that we know for sure about Bitcoin is it surprises us and it does things that we didn't know that it could do. And if there's one thing that we absolutely know for certain <laughs> about Bitcoin, it's inevitable. <laughs> it does its thing. Okay, with that, let's get into coin analysis. That's right. Um, the reason we're talking about Bitcoin is because a couple, actually about three things we want to mention here. Um, some really, really, really good stuff. And so the very first thing I want to mention is just kind of recap of what's been going on. Right. So as you know, right now, if we look at the uh, coin market cap, we can kind of see that uh, Bitcoin is doing its thing. It's at currently at 55.9 K. Uh, it's it's getting it's like teeter tottering on 56 55 um it's it's right there <laughs> and and as you know it it uh it uh it actually hit that all-time high 57k on february 20th right and then it went down through that correction and then it went to 43k and then i bought the dip <laughs> then it came back up and so it there's been a couple announcements, right? So there's been a lot of companies, not only here in America, but here in China that have started buying Bitcoin for their treasuries. Uh, Acre ASA, uh, there's a Chinese app maker, Me Too also. Uh, we also have a Texas company here uh, in West Texas that actually is opening up a, a mining corporation. Uh, we also have... Uh, Coinbase possibly launching here on NASDAQ and their IPO happening sometime in March. This is coming from Decrypt. So that's going to be a thing this year. Uh, and then we also have CoinShares launching here. And this is coming from ByteTree. They're expected to launch tomorrow on, on in NASDAQ Stockholm in Sweden. So that's going to be big news. The company will sell 3 million shares. Um, so all this is good for cryptocurrency, for Bitcoin, because it draws attention to the space. Um, it's all good for Bitcoin. Um, and so let's look at the chart because I want to look at a trading shot chart. And so he's predicting 65K here like pretty, pretty fast. <laughs> he's predicting it by the 22nd and that's like 12 days away. So let's dive into the chart and I'll put it here in the show notes. It looks to me that we are at a bullish cross here, and that happened a day ago. So last time we had a bullish cross, and this is big. This is very, this is very big, ladies and gentlemen. This is why, like, this is why, man. It's just I feel like ever since I started looking at, at, at trading shot charts, almost like I think it's been like two years, at least since we started premium. Um, yeah, about two years ago. Um, ever since I started looking at his charts, I just feel like I understand this whole thing a lot better and where, where everything's going. I feel like it's just helped tremendously along with everything else that we look at. But it's just clearly has helped me so much. Anyway, um, yeah, so what I see here, this is just from my analysis looking at his chart. It, to me, I think we're going to be at six. We're going to be over 60K by Monday. Um, to me, that's just a no brainer. And so that tells me there needs to be a catalyst for that. By Monday, Tuesday, we'll be over 60K. Um, I'm thinking that's going to be Coinbase. Uh, it just has to be, right? 
I think we're definitely going to see probably like a little pump here uh, on Friday when that bill gets signed. And that'll be a nice little pump into 57, maybe even 58K, 59K into into the weekend. And we'll probably we'll probably dump Saturday night or something like that. But who knows? But I definitely think we'll I definitely think we will get to like 58K, um, 57K this weekend um, just because of the of the of the Biden uh, signature uh, on Friday. Um, so that's going to happen. And then I think we'll, we'll get past 60 K here on Tuesday or Wednesday. And I think that's going to be the Coinbase IPO that's going to happen. And that's going to cause a major, major rally unless something else happens. I just see that as a big catalyst happening for the space. And then that's just the first pump, right? And then we're still waiting for the next big pump. Cause that's just going to get us above 60 K. And then there's going to be another big pump, right? And I think the, the way we get to 75K is something else. And that something else is what Michael Saylor has been talking about. And you're probably like wondering, wait, what has Michael Saylor been talking about? Well, he's been doing a lot of rounds on podcasts lately. <laughs> and, and there's a podcast that I was listening to. And he was actually talking about like... Tesla and he was talking about MicroStrategy, his own company. He was talking about Amazon, Facebook, and he was talking about like his own war chest and what he's doing with Bitcoin. And he was talking about like Apple and Google and Facebook and just like and it was almost like he was he was kind of sounding like like the way we talk when we discuss who's the next big uh buyer of Bitcoin in the space. He kind of sounded in a weird way. It kind of reminded me of myself when I start speculating. It was really, really interesting to see that. It tells me that he's really fascinated by the same things that fascinates us, uh, which is which is pretty cool, uh, in my opinion. Um, And it tells you also that he thinks long and hard about this uh, the same way I do. I kind of want to give him a Thriller Premium subscription because I'm sure I could help him <laughs> in some ways. <laughs> so maybe I'll shoot him an email. But uh, anyways, take a listen to what he says because he has some really interesting insights into how he sees um, these big five uh, companies. And that's Facebook, Google, Amazon, Apple, um, and, and Tesla. Take a listen. What you can see is uh, Square put out their announcement yesterday and or two days ago, and they said they added um, one million new users or one million new Bitcoin buyers in January. Okay, and so and, and uh, they sold like 1.7 billion of Bitcoin in the fourth quarter. PayPal is paying attention. So now you want to play the game of Kingmaker. Here's the dynamic, right? Facebook. <clears throat> Apple, Google, <clears throat> Amazon. Especially, you've got the Facebook, Apple, Google dynamic, right? I mean, Google Android is struggling with iOS. Facebook is sitting between the two of them. They've got a, they've all got kind of a uncomfortable love-hate coopetition relationship. If all three of those companies, those big three, because they're all big and mobile, right? Amazon's the fourth, but especially Facebook, Google, mm-hmm. and Apple. Those three, if they do nothing, 
then Square and PayPal are going to consistently and gradually rip away their accounts. The reason that PayPal moved is they Square forced them to move. Right when Square moved, PayPal had to move. Now PayPal and Square are wrestling with this, and it's possible that all three of the, the big three do nothing, in which case Square—that's the best thing that could happen for Square and PayPal, right? But it's not likely. There's that that phrase, you know, three people can keep a secret if two of them are dead. Well, I, you know, <laughs> there's three. Okay, you can keep Bitcoin from exploding through the entire mobile space if all three of them agree not to compete with each other. In my opinion, Facebook has the most to gain and needs to do this. Apple's got an iron lock on iOS. I mean, look how much power they have. A lot of power. Google has an has a really really strong business and an iron lock on Android. Facebook is kind of the odd man out because they they need to have a mobile app that's running on iOS and Android, and they're getting pressured by Apple with you know the latest privacy token uh, maneuvering, and you can see the sparks flying there. So how do I upgrade my application? So that it is so valuable that a billion people say, swear, you will have to pry it from their cold, dead fingers. Okay, it's like, you're going to take away my photos, you're going to take away my friend, my friendly chats, or you're going to take away my money. Like when, when money flows in uh, to Facebook, then that's going to shift the balance of power. And it's, you know, it's offensive and it's defensive. It's a defensive thing. You kind of got to do it to protect yourself against, uh, against Apple and, and Google squeezing you on the platform. It's offensive because it's a way to, uh, to double or triple your value proposition to a billion people. I mean, what could be more important than giving a billion people a savings account that yields 200% tax-free interest per year? Like, I can't think of something. I also think, you know, the, 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 the wild card here is Amazon. Because yeah. this is a chance for, I mean, Amazon Pay. Is it critical? I mean, compared to Apple Pay or Google Pay? I mean, no, right? Apple's, if I was in the pay business competing against Apple, I'm thinking, well, these guys control the operating system. They control the device. Mm-hmm. You better come up with something really compelling if you're going to compete against the company that controls the device, controls the operating system. Well, one very compelling thing is something that doubles every six months. Amazon and Facebook, they're the one, the challengers in the mobile space. I think that Amazon's got their own franchise. They can afford to ignore it if they want, and they'll be fine. It's just an opportunity for them. For Facebook, I think it's a necessity for them. They need to build it into WhatsApp and into Facebook Messenger and into the core. Hmm. Otherwise, they get squeezed. I think Apple and Google, it's an opportunity for them. And and if if they don't move, then Square and PayPal just get stronger and stronger until somebody notices. So you can tell he thinks about this long and hard like a lot of us do. I know I do all the time. I'm looking for any sort of information out there. 
I think I've I've bugged my friend who works at Amazon so much <laughs> asking for anything. Uh, he's just not willing to talk about it. Um, I'm just trying to bribe him any way I can uh, so I can get you guys the information. Trust me, I'll, 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 I'll be able to do it. It's just going to take a little bit more massaging. And then at some point, <laughs> he'll give in. Um, so what do I think? I, I, I personally think that uh, I don't think Facebook is going to do anything. I think they'll release their own virtual currency, like I've been saying. I think Apple is Apple, and they're going to jump in when they want to jump in. And that's just the way Apple is. That they're, they're not going to go after. I'd be really shocked. I'd be really, really shocked if Apple did anything. They're, they're, they're just not built that way, right? Um, yeah. And, and so, and, and with, um, who's the other one that he mentioned? Uh, I think he mentioned um, Google. I can see Google doing something. I really can. I can see Google doing something. But then again, Google changes their mind a lot, right? That's why I still think my... My most favorite pick out of all of them is Microsoft and Amazon. I think those are the two I see moving first. I, I really do. I, I think Microsoft will do it just because they've done it in the past. They have accepted Bitcoin in the past uh, for Xbox, and I could see them doing it again, uh, but on a larger scale, um, but maybe done in a different way or, 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 or doing it. Um, maybe on their treasury, uh, who knows? But I could see Microsoft doing something like this um, or doing some kind of uh, payments network or something. I could see Microsoft doing something like that. Uh, I can also see Amazon, and this is and this is this has not been verified. So <laughs> if there's if there's somebody who is listening to this that that works for a uh, a crypto. Um, <laughs> <laughs> media media company <laughs> just know this this hasn't been checked by anybody so i don't i don't know this is just me speculating um because lord knows y'all run with some of the stuff i say sometimes um I, I really do i really do think and this is this this hasn't been checked by my friend who works at amazon because he won't tell me yet but i've been i've been trying to squeeze it out of him um I really do think that I think I think Amazon is going to create their own Bitcoin exchange. I, that's 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 where like if I have to put um, if I had to put if I had to make a Bitcoin bet because you guys know I love betting on betting with my Bitcoin. Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. Car doesn't do that anymore uh, since since twenty twenty. He doesn't do it anymore. Um, but if I had to throw Bitcoin down to place a bet on what I who, what I thought Amazon was going to do. It would be that I think Amazon is gonna is gonna create some kind of Bitcoin exchange of, of some sort, e either of like um, I I don't know if it would be like a I I really don't know what it would be or what it would look like. I just know that Bezos is gonna create something that's gonna be it, they're gonna have to be some kind of intermediary or, or or some kind of force that's gonna force people to use Amazon in a big way. That's going to force them to use them as a, as a currency exchange uh, and not only for Bitcoin, maybe Ethereum, but Bitcoin and other currencies around the world. And I, I think what they're doing there in, in, in Latin America first is building out a payments network so that they can exchange it into Bitcoin much later. I think what they're doing is kind of doing a test phase, seeing if it catches on. And then the second part of that is building an exchange for Bitcoin. That's what I think is really going on, but we'll see. Um, but I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me, ladies and gentlemen, if they, if they're buying Bitcoin right now and, and just loading it up, loading it up, like, you know, just buying Bitcoin little by little by little by little and just slowly scooping it up onto, onto, you know, some kind of, um, you know, who knows, who knows? It wouldn't surprise me. And then, Lo and behold, they released some news that they're in exchange. It wouldn't surprise me um, because um, to me, that just sounds like a total, you know, Bezos move. It just does. Because uh, why would they accept it as payments? To me, to me, Amazon make to me, Amazon, you know, accepting Bitcoin as payments seems like a too easy move for them. It, it doesn't really make sense 
for them to, to accept those payments. I mean, it does. But to me, it's like take the extra step and just become an exchange. And then, of course, you can accept it as payments because then you control settlement. To me, it just makes more sense being an exchange and controlling everything end to end. That's what I really see happening for Amazon. And then and then at that point, you're, you're controlling an entire sector of, of this new financial economy. That's what I think is happening. And, and, and I can't get any information out of the person I know who works at Amazon. He won't tell me shit. Um, so, um, I, that hasn't been verified. I don't know anything. That's just my, if I had to throw money, like if I had to throw like Bitcoin on, on a bet, that's what I would bet. And I, and I, I bet you that's going to come out at some point. I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't know anything, but I do know for certain Amazon is working on something with Bitcoin. I just don't know what it is that, that we do know for certain is that they are, they are working on something with Bitcoin. We just don't know what it is, but but uh, I, I think Sailor I think Sailor is on I think Sailor is onto something. I think I think he's thinking long and hard about it. You can tell you can tell his his mind is up there <laughs> thinking about who's allocating because there's a lot of institutional buys that are happening, right? I mean I don't know if y'all been watching my Twitter, but a lot of stuff a lot of people in the know are are, are tweeting out stuff. Right. And a lot of the times I'll just retweet it just so I can have it saved and kind of bookmarked. Um, But there was one interesting tweet that said um, what is from Ellie Frost. Right. And she goes, Michael Saylor's conference to show companies how to put Bitcoin on their balance sheet was a month ago. It took Tesla six weeks to buy Bitcoin with Saylor's guidance. Get ready for major announcements. And then and then people were like, why is that? Do you have any more specific info? And then she goes, well, 2.5 billion was moved off of Coinbase Pro in the past week or so, which is suggestive. Interesting. And then you also and then you also have to remember that that would explain massive withdrawals from Coinbase Pro identified wallets. So it makes perfect sense. Right. Exactly. So so that that means that people are buying and then they're allocating and then they're moving them off. To private to, to to wallets, you know, to to, to to trusted custodians. So look for announcements to happen after that. That's what I'm saying. Like there's there's stuff that's happening, but only certain people are in the know, and it's hard to know. No one wants to no one wants to come out and say that they're buying it, it because they don't want to run the price, right? It it, it it makes sense, and it also makes sense why DCG, who is the parent company for like CoinDesk for uh, Grayscale, for, uh, you know, Gemini, for a lot of big companies in the space, Barry Silbert's company, DCG, they came in today and bought a lot of their own shares from Grayscale. Who are they front running? Exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, there's, there's something brewing here that we just don't know. We just don't know who they're front running. There's a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes that we just don't know. But Buy the dips, ladies and gentlemen, if you can. Buy every Satoshi you can get. Um, that's just a, that's just a smart move. Every time you see a dip, and and I should I should say on the last piece of this chart. So this is what I'm expecting. I'm I'm expecting this pump here on Monday to 60k, right? Because I think I think Trading Shot hits it right on the right on the dart. I think he's right. We're gonna get to 65k here fairly soon by next week. Next week is South by, so whenever it's South by. Usually you have companies outside of South by or people that don't make it to South by like to drop big news on the week of South by to like get people at South by talking about the news that came out. So that's why I think also Coinbase IPO will get released is because they want people talking about the Coinbase IPO at South by and that becomes the discussion out South by. (laughs) I know it's a lot of talking, but that's what usually happens. So that will probably happen too. Uh, So that's why I think next week is the week for Coinbase. And that's why I think 60K above 60K is just a no brainer uh, for for Bitcoin next week. So right now, 55K Bitcoin is looking pretty good. Um, And then also I should mention, but I do think by the 27th of March, if we haven't hit 75K or 70K Bitcoin, uh, man, maybe Carr was wrong. Maybe he didn't get to 75K, but we'll see. I think... I think we can get there, ladies and gentlemen. 
Uh, I think we can get there. 75K by the end of March. I think we can get there. <laughs> it's going to be close. It's going to be tight. But I think we can get there. Okay, with that, let's get into future predictions. So this is usually the segment where I talk about what I'm doing and I tell you not to follow what I'm doing because it's usually crazy or, or something out of the ordinary. Um, I'm taking half my snack of, of Ethereum and moving it into Bitcoin at this point. Um, I don't feel safe with what's going to happen here pretty soon. Um, and so let me explain why <laughs> I think that's the easiest way to explain it. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people that, you know, I have a, as you know, as you know, I guess I should give you a little background as you know, every year, you know, since we started premium, we do, I think it's like in June or July, what we'll do is I'll tell you what I hold on as far as my wallet. Uh, and I tell you that these are my holdings and this is what my percentages are. And then we see how I do. Last year, I think it looked um, pretty good, I think. I don't remember. We'll have to go back and look. But um, so this year, I'm actually making a change early just because I, I, uh, I, I just don't want to. I just don't want to get dumped on with with uh, with ETH. And I feel like, you know, I've already made tremendous gains since when we bought at eighty dollars, that now is a good time to move it into um, into Bitcoin. At this point, you know I've already seen tremendous upside, um, a lot a lot of profit, and and so you know right before this next right before this next big big run into a hundred k, which I think we're gonna get here pretty soon, and and possibly seventy five k. I want to make sure I catch this next wave. And then not only that, with what's happening here that I'm about to discuss, I just don't feel safe. So I'm, I'm taking about 50% of my Ethereum holdings and moving it into Bitcoin. I'm still letting the rest ride because most of it is all profit at this point. So um, this is why it's always good to buy in a bear market like we did. And this is why I always talk about that and why I really don't like buying in a bull market. Uh, this is why. This is honestly why you don't hear me talking a lot about altcoins these days is because we did a lot of our buying in, in the bear market, and I'm, I'm, I mean, that's why you don't hear a lot of talk about altcoins because a lot of the stuff is just riding. I mean, yeah, uh, that, that, that's the honest truth. Uh, okay, so there's talk of a possible miners plot. <laughs> it sounds so crazy. This is why I love the crypto space, man. The Bitcoin space is much more easygoing. Uh, you know, a lot of. Uh, bravado uh, a lot of dread a lot of doom and gloom uh, a lot of fiat hate but you move over to the crypto space and it's a lot of like just just crazy uh unicorns and pettiness and shows of force it's just weird anyway let's let's talk about ethereum it's been a while um, so we have some Ethereum miners that are planning to coordinate uh, a, a mining attack and to concentrate 51% of the hash rate on Ethermine, the second biggest Ethereum mining pool. And some of them have vocally come out against the now approved EIP-1559, which is supposed to, I don't know if y'all heard, or actually you should have heard because we talked about it last year. Um, basically what it's going to do is send every transaction that gets sent on Ethereum, it's supposed to send some of that cost to burn some ETH, which they're trying to basically make Ethereum more attractive <laughs> for the institutional investor. That's what they're really trying to do, um, because quite frankly, it's an inflationary currency, right? It's just going to keep producing more ETH over time. And there's no way to to um, to to rein that in other than staking, which they're they're currently doing now with the with the beacon chain. Hopefully if they, if they release it. Um, so these guys are kind of doing this whole call to arms and they're forcing this um, this coordination of a 51 percent 
um, I don't want to even call it an attack. It's more of a coordination of trying to get miners to say like, hey, like you're you're approving this EIP 1559 and, you know, you're supposed to be doing this update here in April as well, too, um, which I, I don't know if you guys know this, but Ethereum is also supposed to be is scheduled to do an upgrade, which will induce several important improvements, right? And that's the um, proof of stake consensus mechanism. And that's because they just launched the beacon chain here in December. And uh, I think it's like 3 million ETH got staked. So yeah, so like it's going to be, there's, there's, there's going to be, it just doesn't feel, and I'm all about that, you know, especially when it comes to Ethereum, because if there's one kind of thing about Ethereum that's very shaky for me is when it comes to Ethereum core devs, they're just real wishy-washy and they do it on their own time frame and they'll push it back. And then with the whole miners now coming out and, and trying to do this, I just don't want to risk um, anything. Right. Um, and I, I'm sure it'll be fine, but I don't want to see a drop in profits, right? Like, I will be very upset if uh, if Ethereum goes from you know um, from the price that that it's now you know at, at seventeen hundred and it falls back down to fourteen hundred uh, or even worse back down to a thousand. I'll be very upset. So um, that's why I'm like, you know what? Just take profits, car. Uh, take profits, move it over to BTC. Don't be greedy. This is a, a sure sign that there could be danger up ahead. <laughs> so, you know, it's time for you to take your profits, move over 50%, let the rest of the 50 ride. And, um, you know, and, 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 and so do that. Right. So, and a lot of, a lot of theorem I bought was at 80, was at 200, was at 180. Uh, I think we bought a little bit at 400, uh, maybe at 500. I don't remember. I have to look at my transactions, but um, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's just one of those things where I just don't want to, to risk that, risk that, that, that profit. Right. Cause it's just um, at this point, it's just not, it's, it's just not worth it for me. And then I'm, I'm looking at Bitcoin I'm looking at it, you know, I'm staring up at a mountain that's going to be a hundred K right by the end of the year, possibly even more, right? Some people are thinking 200. We're not sure yet because we haven't seen the rest of the month and what next month looks like and what May looks like, which is gonna be crucial. So I'm just like, you know what? Move it over to Bitcoin. That's where it needs to be anyway. And and quite frankly, um, you know, it, it, just, it just feels safer there. Um, so yeah, um, I think that's what I'm gonna do. And I, I just want y'all to be aware of this whole Ethereum minor plot <laughs> of collusion. Like it's, it's, this is why Ethereum is so like, it kind of sucks. Cause I feel like this is the only, like, this is the only, like, uh, the only token in the space that you kind of have to watch like constantly. Right. Like you kind of have to watch always to see like what's going on or, um, it's not like Bitcoin where it's just like, you know, slow and steady. Uh, you don't have to worry about stuff. Um, everything is good. Um, you know, um, but I feel like with Ethereum, it's always some kind of drama happening, you know, in April during the summer months. And it's just like another thing. Right. So, yeah, it's just always drama. Um, so, yeah, just just be aware of that's happening, you know, here in April. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see a dump right right before that and i wouldn't it wouldn't shock me too like you know we were looking at that chart that bitcoin chart on the 27th that looks like that's where the the rally might end for bitcoin on the 27th you know i'm not saying bull rally i'm saying like that's where the the end of this um bullish cross will end um it wouldn't surprise me if that's you know that's where ETH dumps as well too and then you know it tanks the rest of uh you know everything else so like it just yeah it would it wouldn't surprise me if we start seeing a dump just across entire entire crypto and bitcoin market at, at that point on the 27th so it would coincide with this perfectly um so yeah that's why i'm like you know what just gonna take those profits move it over to bitcoin on the safe side and then let the rest ride um it's just too much drama for me 
Uh, and then, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're getting all ramped up for uh, South by next week. It's going to be a busy week next week. Uh, look for a lot of episodes. Probably shorter in format, but uh, a lot more episodes next week if we have a influx of uh, crypto news or, or Bitcoin news. Uh, look for that to come out a lot uh, here on Premium. And then uh, we'll probably be doing another Thriller Coin Talk. Uh, and then we're just going to be doing a lot of prepping for South by next week. And then, of course... Coinbase that'll probably be launching next week or some news. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and then we're going to be going to the Bitcoin conference here in June. That's right. We're going to be going to the Bitcoin conference in Miami. Uh, if you need to go, let me know. It'll be cool to do a little hangout there and then uh, maybe do like a podcast. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, we're going to be a busy March, April, no, March, May, and June. It's going to be a very busy spring for us. Um, all right. See you guys next time.